Chapter 1 Jesus' Most Precious Gift What did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? Are you acquainted with Jesus' most powerful message? A few of the first personal testimonies. Back to our first love. A sister wrote to me, My friend and I are currently studying the 40 Days book for the third time alternating with the booklet Steps to Personal Revival. Before we discovered this material, our faith experience and prayer life wasn't what it had once been. We longed to find our first love again. We have found it. We thank God with our whole hearts. It is so wonderful how our loving God answers prayers and that He reveals how His Spirit is working on us and on the people we are praying for. Jesus entered our lives. Another person wrote about these books. They have become a great and long-awaited blessing in my life. Just like many other church members and a sister from our church have experienced, something was always missing in our faith experience. And now we have the privilege of experiencing how Jesus has entered our lives and has begun to change us. He is still working on us and step by step is drawing us closer to Him. Did Jesus' disciples ask themselves, how can Jesus exercise such a great influence? Was it connected with his prayer life? That is why they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus responded to their request. His prayer lesson in Luke 11, 1 through 13 has three parts, the Lord's Prayer, the parable of the friend coming at midnight, and as a climax, the continual request for the Holy Ghost. In the parable, verses 5-8, through eight, visitors arrive at a man's home late in the evening and he has nothing which he can serve them. Because of his need, he immediately goes to his neighbor. He explains to them that he has nothing and asks for bread. He continues to ask until he finally receives the bread. Now he has the bread, bread of life, for himself and for his visitors. He has something for himself and is now in the position where he can share. Now Jesus links the parable, Problem, I have nothing, with the request for the Holy Spirit by saying, Therefore I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Luke 11:9. Then follows Jesus' special appeal, Therefore ask for the Holy Spirit. There is a particular Bible passage in which Jesus emphatically commands us to ask for the Holy Ghost. I know of no other passage where Jesus so lovingly urged us to take something to heart. These verses are found in his lesson on prayer in Luke 11. There he emphasized ten times that we should ask for the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, 9-13 So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In these few verses, Jesus used the verb ask six times. 
Then he replaced ask and emphasized it with seek two times, an action, and two more times with knock, also an action word. Doesn't he clearly show us that we have to take action in order to be filled with the Holy Ghost? The last ask is used in the continuous tense in Greek. That means that we aren't to ask only once, but rather to ask continuously. Here, Jesus doesn't only make asking a matter of urgency, but also expects us to continually do it. Certainly, He also wants to awaken our desire for the Holy Spirit with this heartfelt invitation. This urgent invitation shows us Jesus' conviction that we would be missing something crucial if we don't continually ask for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He was clearly calling our attention to the fact that we absolutely need the Holy Spirit. In this way, He wants us to continually receive the rich blessings of the Holy Ghost. In Christ's Object Lessons, it says, God does not say, ask once and you shall receive. He bids us ask, unwearingly persist in prayer. The persistent asking brings the petitioner into a more earnest attitude and gives him an increased desire to receive the things for which he asks. Jesus then gave three examples which show behavior that is unimaginable even for sinful human fathers. He wanted to show us that it is even more unimaginable that our Heavenly Father wouldn't give us the Holy Ghost when we ask. Jesus wants us to be sure that we will receive the Holy Ghost when we ask in the appropriate way. With this promise and other promises, we can ask in faith and know that we have already received what we requested. 1 John 5, 14, 15. More information in chapter 5. This special invitation shows us that according to Jesus, something essential is missing when we don't persistently ask for the Holy Ghost. He draws it to our attention that we absolutely need the Holy Ghost. He wants us to continually experience the rich blessings from the Holy Ghost. This part of his lesson on prayer is a unique process. The Holy Spirit is God's greatest gift the gift which brings all the other gifts with it. This was Jesus' crowning gift to his disciples and clear proof of his love. I think we can understand that such a valuable gift wouldn't be pushed on someone. It is only given to those who express their desire for this gift and appreciate it. He will be given to those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. He will be given to those who live in continual commitment, John 15, 4-5. Commitment is expressed by a yearning for God, whosoever thirsts, John 7, 37. Trust in God, he who believes in me as the scripture has said, John 7, 38. Complete surrender as a result of trusting God, placing your whole life at God's disposal, Romans 12, 1. Following God in everything, those who obey Him, Acts 5.32. Give up their own way, go God's way, and do this according to God's will. Repent and be baptized, Acts 2.38. Not to plan anything wrong. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear, Psalms 66.18. Realize and admit to our great need, I have nothing. Luke 11, 6.
continually ask for the Holy Ghost. Luke 11, 9 through 13. Can't you clearly see in these expectations that God has for us how valuable this gift is? When you think about all these prerequisites, then you will probably find deficiencies in yourself. I have made it my habit to pray daily for a desire for the Holy Spirit in connection with John 7:37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We can pray, Lord Jesus, I completely say yes to all the prerequisites for receiving the Holy Ghost. I sincerely ask that you now, for today, fulfill them in me. Our wonderful God is even there for us in fulfilling the prerequisites. The Holy Spirit is the source of a fulfilled life. According to Jesus, why did He come to this earth? He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John 10.10 Jesus wants us to experience this new life now and to continue it in a completely different dimension after His second coming as eternal life in God's kingdom. He also shows us that the source of a fulfilled life is the Holy Ghost. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, John 7, 37-39. Rivers of living water, isn't that a good comparison for a fulfilled life? During his life here on earth, did Jesus give us a corresponding example? We know that Mary conceived Jesus through the Holy Ghost, Matthew 1.18. We know that after his baptism, he prayed, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, Luke 3.22. Under these circumstances, was it necessary and important that he receive the Holy Spirit daily? I quote from E.G. White, Morning by morning, he communicated with his Father in heaven, receiving from him daily a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a statement in Acts of the Apostles. To the consecrated worker, there is wonderful consolation in the knowledge that even Christ, during his life on earth, sought his Father daily for fresh supplies of needed grace. Jesus indeed was an example to us in this. We have to ask ourselves, if Jesus daily needed a refreshing from the Holy Ghost, then how much more important is it for you and me? The Apostle Paul really understood Jesus' objective. In his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul confirms in chapter 113 that they had been sealed by the Holy Ghost when they became believers. In chapter 3, 16 through 17, he encourages them to be strong in the Spirit. And in chapter 5, 18, Paul, as an authorized apostle, calls the Ephesians and to us to be filled with the Spirit or let yourselves be continuously and repeatedly filled again with the Spirit. We see that even if we received the Holy Spirit when we were born again, that we in general need a daily refreshing. It is important for the spiritual life and growth of a Christian to be daily filled with the Holy Ghost. Our Sabbath School study guide says the following about Ephesians 5.18. What does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? 
Jesus personally explained this with a synonym. A person is baptized with the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.5, when the Holy Ghost has come upon them, verse 8. To be baptized means to be fully immersed in something, usually water. This involves the whole person. Baptism with the Holy Spirit means to be completely under the influence of the Holy Ghost, to be completely filled by Him. This isn't a one-time experience, but rather something that has to be continually repeated as Paul illustrates in Ephesians 5.18 with the tense of the Greek verb filled. Jesus' Farewell Words and the Holy Spirit In Jesus' farewell words, he conveyed joy and hope by telling them that the Holy Ghost would come in his place. Jesus tells something surprising to the disciples in John 16.7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. A new advantageous solution. Jesus told the disciples something surprising. It is to your advantage that I go away. This means that the new solution, that He is with us through the Holy Ghost, is more advantageous than Jesus being personally present. In this way, He isn't limited, but rather He can be by each person, no matter where He currently is. A personal testimony from a teacher and one of her students. When the booklet Steps to Personal Revival from H. Horbell was handed out in my home church about a year ago, I read it through very quickly. Already while reading it, I had more experiences with God than ever before. This fascinated and encouraged me. In the booklet's appendix, I found the following suggestion. Pedagogical research has shown that it is necessary to read or listen six to ten times to a vital topic till we have thoroughly understood it. These encouraging words captivated my attention. Try it at least once. The result will convince you. I wanted to experience that, and already by the third reading, it seized me and I felt a great love for our Redeemer, which I had yearned for my whole life. Within two months, I had read it through six times and the result was worth it. It was as if I could understood what it would be like when Jesus comes close to us and we can look into His pure, kind and loving eyes. From then on, I didn't want to be without this joy in our Saviour. When I woke up in the morning, I already yearned for my morning worship time in order to again experience fellowship with God and during the day, I prayed quietly that the Holy Ghost would help me with my thoughts during conversations my example while teaching and communicating. When a child craved attention and acted accordingly, God gave me strength and wisdom to deal with it. Since then, my work days are filled with the presence of the Creator. He helps me literally in my everyday life. Since then, I pray in the morning and in between times for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It is as if you are closer to heaven and can already taste what it will be like there. While reading the booklet, the thought came to me that my students in the school should also share in this experience. I teach the 10 to 15 year olds in our Adventist school Elijah in Vorarlberg, Austria. So I prayed for God to give me opportunities. Very soon afterwards, I had one of the most wonderful experiences 
with how the Holy Ghost can work in young people's hearts. A 13-year-old ruffian and the Holy Spirit. The experience started a year before I read the booklet on the Holy Ghost. A new student came to our school, and within a few days, our peaceful oasis was changed into a rough scuffle room. The boy was 13 years old then. He was the biggest of all the children and correspondingly strong. Many things that had been learned during the school year and had brought wonderful fruit seemed to disappear in a moment. Let him tell about it himself. When I came to my present school, I had no idea what awaited me. On my second day of school, I let myself get provoked, snapped, and started a fight with one of my classmates. I hit him even though he was considerably weaker than I was, berated him, and never wanted to see him again. Later, I realized my mistake and apologized, just as I always had in the past. After that, I had a conversation with the headmaster. In the next months, a process started in me. It was astonishing that this process only now started since I was a pastor's son. I started to spend more time with Jesus. I thought that this young person would need extra special attention. He was aware of his failure, regretted it and tried again, but he didn't have long-lasting success in his own strength. At first, hardly a day would go by when he wasn't in a fight, but gradually it got better. After six months, he said he thought it was the prayers that had brought him closer to God. In the meantime, he had started praying for strength in the morning. His fits of rage and fights became less frequent. Eleven months had now gone by since he came to our school and we could see even more improvements. But his anger, his swearing outbursts and his fists weren't permanently under control. It was only natural. He tried to win in his own strength and understanding, which worked sometimes and other times not at all. Our prayers had made some achievement, but his mindset still wasn't right and the renewing power of the Spirit was missing. What good does it do? When a person sees their mistakes, tries to control their temper, and in the next moment, fails again. Just at the time when I realized that I was at my wit's end, I received the booklet mentioned above. It came at just the right time. Then I realized what we were missing. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. We hadn't even asked Him to help us. Since I had been touched by the message of Steps to Personal Revival, I got up my courage to ask the boy if he had ever prayed for the Holy Ghost. No, he never had. Then I tried to awaken his interest in the booklet. I didn't give it to him though. He should really want it. And very soon, he did ask for the booklet. Again in his own words, In November 2012, my teacher gave me the booklet, Steps to Personal Revival. I eagerly started to read it. At that time, I wasn't really acquainted with the work of the Holy Ghost. Within the first day, he had already devoured almost two chapters, and then he asked me how many times I had read it. He immediately started to read the chapters again, and wanted to do exactly what the booklet suggested, reading it six to ten times. Since then, a lot has changed. From December 2012 on, there weren't any more fist fights or scuffles. I could hardly believe it. The boys that he had beaten up every day became his friends, and they got along harmoniously. He is completely changed. He is polite and even obliging, and peacefulness has taken over his aggressive nature. His classmates can confirm that God was at work, 
You can see the fruits every day. To God's glory, I want to mention that the boy decided to get baptized in June 2013. If that wasn't the Holy Ghost. I had always thought that I could manage a child and make it see reason. Patience, attention, and lots of talks would do it, but it just didn't work long term. God had to intervene and taught me that it is His Spirit who makes the impossible possible. Someday when this boy is in heaven, then I will know that God brought it about. When I was at the end of my wisdom and finally understood that I couldn't guide him, then God started to radically work on him. It encourages me to see that there are no hopeless cases for God. Prayer Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus' urgent invitation to ask for the Holy Ghost. I am sorry for the losses I have experienced because of a lack of the Holy Ghost. I need divine assistance so that Jesus can become greater in me. I need His help in every area of my life. Thank you that the Holy Ghost can change my character and can make me fit for God's kingdom. I completely surrender myself to you with all that I am and have. Thank you for accepting me and giving me your blessings. Help me to grow in knowledge about the Holy Ghost. Amen.